Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Amir And this is also Amir And you are listening to the You Don't Love Me podcast Life from the perspective of a gay South Asian married couple Enjoy! You're a liar Why? How? You're a liar And a fake and a fake. You're a liar and a fake. You're not no fucking princess here. <laughs> no, oh, I was going to say that. You're not no fucking... You threw me off because the way you said it then wasn't the way it said. So I was like... It... Why lie? Do you know what was really interesting about that? It's so interesting how the brain works. Fascinating, actually. Mm. Right? So how you said it then, the processing yeah. from you saying it to me understanding where it came from was a tiny bit longer than if you said it in that other voice. Mm-hmm. You're not no fucking princess. Say it in that voice. In what voice? You know, the, the voice that you normally do. You're not no fucking princess. You're not no fucking princess here. Right, it's really Why weird. Why I had no computing time there. I just knew. But when you said... You're not no fucking princess here. This tiny, tiny millisecond of computing time. And that... And I could feel that. That, children, was acting. Do you, no, but do you know what I mean, though? That's like, the power I have in my voice. So it's really interesting now. Oh, wow. I'm really, you really, really think about acting now. If you are computing it, it's not good acting. If you're just there watching it and enjoying it, it's really good acting. The whole idea is for you to be transformed. I mean, I'm talking like as if I'm fucking Meryl Streep here, but the whole idea is for you. But I, I am a big fan of sort of film and t- uh, theatre and oh, stuff. Oh, I'm a huge so, fan of it. What you want about? And I, uh, I do like studying it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Film is your <laughs> Bollywood and film is your life. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I am a big fan, maybe, supposedly so. So it depends. <laughs> it depends as to how um, you say something. Like, I could turn around and say, you are not no princess here. But can you see when I said not, your eyes looked up like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. You are not no princess here. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It just depends as to how you say it and, and what reaction you can get out. And Madhuri Dixit, obviously a great Bollywood actress, she recently did an interview and she was talking about how the way you look at a camera, it means something different. So mm. our listeners won't be able to see, but I, you, you'll find the video. She's like, so I'll do it to you. She was like, I can look at the camera like this. I, okay. can, look, I can look at the camera like this. Ooh. And then I can look at the camera like this. Ah. And it's all what you're doing is just looking at the camera. But the different ways in which you look at it creates a different emotion. Oh, I had it. You tricked me. Yeah. You little bitch. And you're like, oh, wow. I had a different reaction to it. Yeah, but Madhuri, is, she's so, and I'm learning this more and more. She, no one can do face like her. No. It is. 
I swear every frame is a different face. That's what she does. And you know what? When <laughs> I was scary. When I used to be younger, I used to like pause her music videos in random places. And you're right, it's a different face. I was like, oh, it's like a it's like a like you could make a painting out of every single frame. It's it's crazy. It's the the talent there is just whew. It's incredible. By the right. way, I enjoying my Grip ASMR. Don't you hate one. people like eating on podcasts and all that kind of crap? No, I hate it when people um, sniffle. Oh, okay. I hate this. <sighs> oh, don't do that. It's fucking disgusting. I'm, I apologize for anyone. Grip ASMR. So these are frozen grapes, guys. If you have grapes at home, put them in the freezer. They will taste like lollipops. I'm not even joking. And then you can put them in your mouth and do this. I love frozen. I don't really have them often anymore, but I, I love that era where I had loads of frozen grapes. I might bring them back in summer, you know, because it's my idea, of course. Not you seeing that there's three packets of frozen grapes in the freezer. Oh. <laughs> You're going to help yourself. No, I don't. I'm not feeling them right now. I'm feeling the ice pops you got me. Oh, the alcohol-free cocktail ice pops oh my from God. Aldi. No, Lidl. And today they'll be fully frozen. Mojito Cosmopolitan? And pina colada flavor. Oh my god, you don't everything. Even know. Children, go out there, buy that stuff. Right, this bitch has almost finished his grapes, which mm. means he's almost gonna sing a song. Before I do that, how are you? I'm brilliant. I've just been to the gym, had a fantastic workout. Yeah, I'm just really fucking good. Do you know what I mean? Like no one can get me down. Like no one can get me down. I love the shirtless picture you took of yourself today. Oh, mom is ripped. Isn't oh she? my god, no, I'm not. No, no, I'm not. Don't be silly. Don't, okay, don't put our false stuff out there. Fine. You, I'm ripped. <laughs> Somebody messaged me the, the, um, yesterday saying, did I just see you in Arndale? And you were out. Um, I think you'd gone to the gym or something. Yeah. And I was like, no, it wasn't me. And they were like, oh, could I could have sworn I saw you. And I thought, this is yet again somebody who thinks that I'm you and you do, do, you do drag because you probably walked through Arndale. Oh, probably. Shopping center. Oh, yeah. I went to get some cleaning products. Yeah. So what are the, um, somebody who I know, I'll tell you who it is later. Oh my God, I really want to know. Wow, I love how you kept that secret from me. Yeah, I completely forgot. Oh my God. By the way, there's something big that I need to tell you. And I keep, (laughs) I keep forgetting what it is. He does this, right? He drops stuff later and he's like, and I'm like, how did you not tell me straight away? Oh no, girl, this is huge. Are you going to tell me now or is it off podcast? I've completely forgotten it. Is it off podcast? Oh, you don't know what it is? I forgot. (gasps) Is it gossip? I think so. Or is it a good thing? I think it's a mixture of both. Who's it about? I can't remember. Oh, no, we can't say it. Bitch, you better remember. Go on your phone. Find it. I will. Okay, if you don't remember today, it's over. I know. Okay. So, anywho, um, this is Pride Special Part 2 because we realised in Part 1... Yeah, we realised in Part 1 we weren't particularly proud, so we decided (laughs) to make a Part 2. I said to you afterwards, after doing it, I was like, babe, we really went off... (laughs) Oh, we weren't even talking about <laughs> like, we were. pride and coming out or at anything. One, at one point, I swear, you were like, I don't even know what pride is. Is it a piece of shit? You don't have to be a part of it. Obviously, I'm just making it up in my head, but it, it kind of went in that I know. Direction. And um, after that, people were messaging us like, 
can you tell your coming out story, please? Can you do this? And I'm yeah. like, I know we told it before, obviously, but it's interesting mm. to look at it through a lens as you go through the years, you know, a different lens. Yeah, but bitch, how many times are you going to say, can you please listen to episode three of yeah, the podcast no. to find out? Because like the sound quality was shy. I know. Also, you know, people go through this type of stuff every single day. Exactly. So it's important to constantly go on about this type of shit like a broken record. Yes. Yeah, why not? Break my record. Welcome everyone to the You Don't Love Me Boys podcast. Yes, this is what you're listening to. <laughs> and I routinely, occasionally, every single time, start every episode with a song. An ethnic song. White people, feel free to skip the next 30 seconds. I'm joking. Or am I? No, I'm joking. Or am I? So here goes. This is the song. Contemporary, babe. It's a contemporary song. What is the feel? song and what is it about? The song is called Chamma Chamma, which doesn't mean anything. It's just a sound. And um, I'll tell you what it's all about after I've sang it. Chamma Chamma, Bajere Meri Penjani, Are Chamma Chamma, Bajere Meri Penjani, Tere Pasio, Tere Sansu Me Samauraja. Tere paas aao teri, saansu mein samao teri neende Churalu chamma chamma, bajere meri penjaniya Ye mera lehenga, bada hai mehenga Ese na haath laga, diladu gaadi, diladu bangla Divani haath tua मेरी बाली है उमर मुझे लगता है डरना कर बेईमानी छम्मा छम्मा बाजेरे मेरी पहनजनिया Oh God, I really um, went for it there, didn't I? Girl, I absolutely love that song, by the way. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Such a bop. Well, you're talking about the remix, the original. Okay, shut up. The original is iconic as well. Um, but yeah, basically, she's she's just going छम्मा छम्मा the tinkling of my anklets and um, I'll come towards you, my darling, and I'll live in your heart or something. And then he's like, and then she's like, my lenga, the my skirt is very expensive. Don't touch it. And he's like, I'll give you a car. I'll give Ooh. you. A, I'll buy you a house. Just come my way, my pretty kind of thing. And um, yeah, that's the type of songs that I was into back in the day. Love that for you. Yeah. Would you Love like to sing a song? No, thank you. I think you should. I don't think anyone needs to hear that. <sighs> Do you? Yes, I no, do. No, they don't. Anywho. <laughs> okay, so Pride, 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 Pride special. Um, I do want to delve into um, coming out again. Okay, honey. Through... You do love a good delvage, don't you? Oh, I do. But through the lens of years gone by, babe, because, you know, perception changes and um, thing uh, views change, but the story remains the same, you know? Right. So. Um... <laughs> and therapy happens. Oh, therapy happens. Um, did you come out several times to your family, or was it just the once? Oh, bitch, it was every day. Okay, go on. Uh, okay, so you, you're asking me what my coming out oh, story I'm, is. Oh, I'm getting straight into it. Uh, so my coming out story is kind of crazy. I grew up in an ultra-Orthodox Muslim household, and I say ultra-Orthodox because I do have a lot of Muslim friends and I have um, who I have shared my experiences with, and they go, oh, that's not how we saw it happening in our family, like, Oh, wow. This is like mega Islam, what's going on. 
So I would probably say I was raised in a bit of a cult. Mm. Mm, I was close. Yeah, it, it was. Okay. I've seen documentaries and stuff of other cults, and there's a lot of um, parallels. Yeah, like, that's where I lived. Yeah, there's a lot of parallels, which um, I find fascinating. Mm. And the fact that, that my um, upbringing is not representative of exactly what Islam is the world over was wild to me. Mm. Because growing up, it was like, nope, this is how it is. You know, my mom used to be like, oh, no, Islamically, we're allowed to hit children. Your parents can't be wrong. And I'm like, what? So, but because they were so toxic, they were, oh yeah, trigger warning. <laughs> Kids are going to get hit. Um, and well, I don't know what I'm doing. Listen, you can say that you've been through it. Yeah, and I've had therapy, so I'm able to look at it from a different lens now. Um, and yeah, it was, it, it was crazy because I was like, oh no, you lot were just toxic, abusive individuals who are trying to justify your actions through religion, you know, because not every Muslim parent is going to be like that, surely. Mm. Um, but in terms of my coming out story, I knew I was gay from a very young age, from about four or five years old, I suppose, when my dad's friends used to come over. I was like, oh, Hercules, but <laughs> they were not Hercules. Uh, but, you know, it was doing something for me, I suppose. Um and then, yeah, I knew I was gay. And then I tried to pretend I was bisexual, which I was not bisexual. Even when I kissed a girl. Sorry, babe, I've kissed girls. And I did not like I kissed a girl. Oh, and babe, I did I not like it. Oh, wow. Who's bragging here, bro? Oh, no, I don't need to brag. You pulled a bird, did you? I was like, where is the beard? I was like, your mouth is so small and soft. <laughs> where is the beard? Yeah. And why is it not tickling my bum? Anyway, and then I had to come out my sister because there was a lot of when I was at university there was a lot of oh no I had graduated I was 23 but I was still living in the same city as where I studied mm -hmm. and there was this whole thing of oh well you know you need to get married get, getting married blah 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 20 fucking 3 babe 23 were you out to all your friends by this point living your gay life I, my friends yeah, yeah I was living my gay life with them and then the weird thing was that they wanted to wanted me to get married to my first cousin, which is my dad's brother's daughter. And mm. this is somebody who I used to play with as a kid and I used to braid her fucking hair. And of course you fucking she did. She was studying to be a dentist. And she was a, a lovely sister, shall I say. I do not want to marry my sister. It bears repeating. And you're also gay. Bad enough that I'm gay. I don't want to make it worse by marrying my sister, Okay. And then I was like, no. And then my sister, who my, my actual biological sister, <laughs> not my cousin's sister, my actual sister, was, despite being a doctor, she was, you know, a medical doctor was saying to me, oh, no, you should get married to her. She's, she seems like a good girl. She seems nice. It's, it's, isn't that scary? That's terrifying. Mm, exactly. And then... I was like, well, and then she was like, oh, is there any other reason? And this played out over the course of three or four days. Now that I'm able to step out of my body and look at that situation, I'm like, poor guy. Mm. What absolute turmoil you were going through whilst trying to be independent, make it yourself, and then having to deal with this. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, one minute you're on grinder, the next minute you've got this going on, and the third minute you're thinking about how so many lives you've got to live. Yeah, I'm like, poor guy, thank God I don't have to do that anymore. You know, that payoff is enough to say bye to your family. Oh my God, For trust. me, it is, it is. It's so difficult to see it in the, in the when you're in the eye of the storm, but it is. Mm -hmm. 
Anyway, and then I said, no, it's because I'm gay. And I was on my way to work or the gym and I came out on a bus, like Bab. holding back tears. And this was 2012, I think. And then she told my brother-in-law and then my brother-in-law, I didn't hear from them for a couple of days and I was worried. And he was like, oh no, she's fine. She's just had a bit of a mini heart attack over it, but she'll she'll be fine. Like, listen, she'll get over it. Now, when I look at it, I'm like, this is something that I went through. Why are you the one with all the shock? And then I'm beginning to realize, oh, you're shocked for a lot of other reasons. Mm -hmm. It's probably finance and money and property and who's going to have to look after mum and dad. It's all all of that jazz, really, mm -hmm. uh, most likely. Anyway, and then as fate would have it, I had a job change and it just happened to be situated in Bradford. And my parents were really wanting me to come back to the to their house and live there and basically it's because they're going to put more marriage pressure on you and then hopefully you'll buy a house close by and then rot away and live your life under their control for the rest of your lives it wasn't for me and I knew babe in, in hindsight that the time that I'm going to spend with them was going to be a year mm. and it was just over a year I knew it was going to be that because yeah. I know what their tolerance level is like moved back had a good job Ended up getting fired from it because I was not in the right mind frame to deal with that job. And we partied. We partied. We we found each other. Yeah. We became a. We found love in a hopeless place. We found love in a hopeless place. We did. And yeah, small town in the Bradford district. Uh, now I, th I believe it's the sixth trafficking capital of the world. A lot of the people I grew up with are either in jail or, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, Yes, they are actually. Fact. Hey, do you know? I don't even know if I ever told you this, but like, you know who they are. I'll give their names later. But like, one of the guys who is in jail for, I think, sexual assault of a minor or something, uh, both him and his brother are in jail for it. I remember. Okay. I remember teaching them in primary school. We used to have this buddy scheme where I would. Um, teach them how to read mm. and they were just sweet kids and i'm like what well it's crazy one of my best one of my insane. best friends growing up is in prison for it it's insane Do you know what i mean i'm like what happened to you and how, we fucking escaped all this bullshit bollocks mm -hmm. and so it's unfair for us to be tainted with the same brush frankly it really but is when people but enough about racial bias we'll come to that on another <laughs> episode anyway and then uh, because i was living back with my parents uh my siblings were living there as well my sister had married and moved out my uh, elder brother i hadn't spoken to him in 10 years but as fate would have it we were back, so we tried to make it work. And again, he's somebody else who has busts ups all the time. Mm -hmm. Came out to him. He was like, yeah, it's fine. I don't care. Came out to my younger brother. Yeah, it's fine. I don't care kind of thing. Then the marriage pressure started. And my, I didn't realize how petrified of my parents, my siblings are. Mm. And then I was forced to come out. And I said, I'm, I, I was forced to come out because it was like, why are you not going to get married to her? Why is this not going to happen? you need to get married. And I said, I'm gay. And then it was three or four weeks of hell. And then um, I think, oh yeah, my sis, my sister's, um, I don't know, cousin-in-law or something. Anyway, who I know, uh, I'm 
pretty certain he's gay himself anyway. He asked me and I said, yeah, I am gay. And so I think he told his grandma, a.k.a. my mom's mother, uh, my sister's mother-in-law, who then told my mom mm. or something. Some the gossiping bullshit. aunties. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, shame to the family. And then my dad was like, are the rumors that I'm hearing about you true? And I was like, there's no rumors. I've already told you. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, well, there's a door. Get out. Um, if you, uh, if there's any deaths, we'll let you know. See, what's interesting about this is the room. They are, he already knew, but the rumors, the rumors, the rumors. That's what the issue was. These people in these communities, actually, it's not so much as they're being gay. It's about people knowing and you choosing to live your truth. It's now, about... if you turn around and says, I'm gay, but I'm still going to marry a girl and no one's going to know, they would be fine. The, it's all about keeping up the proverbial white picket mm-hmm. fence. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. That's all what it is. That's all what it is all the time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there are people, I'm pretty sure I probably knew some of them who were married and gay and their families had an inclination, but as long as you don't say the word or as long as you don't, we don't know about it, it's fine. And it's I like, know plenty of gay people that are married women and live their life. Yeah. And they're just having affairs. Anyway, so then... Um, I was trying to organize a house within a week that fell through. And then it it was this really difficult period where they hadn't kicked me out on the street, but I was very obviously not welcome at home. Mm. And so I would like bring my own food at home or sleep. I'd, however I would sleep or um, elsewhere. Oh, elsewhere. Eat out all the time. Yeah. 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 Um, I remember the time it was just a, a it was a, a horrible, it was time, a really horrible it? situation. Then you had people around you like, no, you should, you should, they'll be, they'll come round and stuff. I'm like, you don't understand what's happening at all. And also they couldn't put you straight onto the street because they would, if, um, it wouldn't be people. Yeah. Knowing. If people wouldn't, don't give a yeah, shit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's re that was a difficult pill to swallow knowing that, the va- the knowing that love should be unconditional and it should be what you're worthy of, um, but then realizing that actually mm. wor- love is conditional with some people, <laughs> conditional to certain terms, and the people who are supposed to be your foundation and the birthplace of love um, are not. Isn't it crazy that, that was going difficult. through that also helped you unlock your really traumatic upbringing as well? Oh, 100%. I'm going to go into my traumatic upbringing, but before I do that, I want to take a little break. Of course. I want to hear about your coming out story, and then we can talk about maybe our joint trauma. We'll see if we've got time for that. I think we will. (laughs) I think we will. I think we will. I think we will. We are going to take a little break, children, and we will be back after this. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And we are still not back. Oh, are we? We're back. Sorry, I'm oh, drinking this really gorgeous Vimto juice drink. Oh, are you? Yeah, you got it. You bought it. 
Well, I've managed to find this rose-flavored syrup um, that's very similar to Ruovza. You want to get some more today, don't you? Yes, because I found a sugar-free version of it. And oh my God, get it inside me. I can't have enough of it. I can't get enough of it. It's, in, it's phenomenal. It's changed my life. I'm a better woman because of it. Listen, stock up, bitch. I think so. Stock up. Anyway, what were we talking about? Yes, coming out story. <laughs> you tell me. So I've told my coming out story. What was your coming out ah. experience like? Mine was really unusual and different, I feel. Okay. Right. What, what accepting? Um, not ev- ev- everything, okay. you know. So in terms of knowing if I was gay and stuff, I think that sort of came a bit later. I think I always knew I was a bit flouncy and a bit different, but... I couldn't um, process and deal with that because I was going through so much of a shit. Right. Do you know what I mean? So my mind and my body wouldn't let me process the sexuality part because I had to process there being a fucking freaking weirdo part, not fitting in part, the horrible upbringing part, which I didn't realize until I'm at adulthood. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But I guess as as, as a kid, you, you realize um, cert- certain things and you, you, you shut off parts of your brain. Right. You know, and I was able to shut up parts of my brain to survive. You know, if you told me to go back to that situation now, I don't know how I'd cope. <laughs> Knowing what I know now, mm-hmm. I'd be like suffocating. So in terms of coming out, I always think, do you know people say, when did you come out? I never came out on social media. I was just there. Do you know what I mean? Right. I was just there around my friends. I was lucky enough to have you know, loads of friends. We were all emo kids and everyone was bisexual and gay and all this. And it just went, and, you know, went with the flow, really. Mm. In terms of coming out to family, now that's a really interesting one. So I have a really evil, nasty, horrible extended family. Um, wow, I'm sat right here. <laughs> Um, when people talk about, you know, their, their extended family, oh, yeah, the evil uh, aunt and, you know, grandma, and oh, yeah, she's the wicked, you know, oh, I mean evil. So you really did have the Cinderella story? I No, <laughs> I mean, you know, if I was there, I don't think I'd be alive anymore. Mm. You know, they were, they were so uh, abhorrent and evil and just, I can't believe what I grew up in, you know? See how interesting our coming out stories goes different ways to mm. a lot of other people. It's not just about the coming out. No. It's what we have to process and go through. And like, I, I, I just, you know, for example, from like being in my grandma's house with my uncle's trying to kick down the door saying he wants to kill everyone in the house and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh my God, how is this? That's what I was dealing with. So how could I deal with the gay? Yeah. When I was trying to be alive. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, in terms of coming out, it all started with some of my horrible, evil aunts, who I thought I was very close to at the time, um, decided to put my number on Gumtree. Oh, that's nice of them, isn't it? And um, to attract gay people. How old were you? 16. Yeah, that's just terrible. Around 16 years old, and I started getting loads of texts and loads of things of older, like gay men wanting to meet up, wanting to blah, blah, blah. And I was getting scared that, you know, they might come to my house or something. Oh, I didn't know you were getting texts. Yeah, they put my number out there. Oh, gosh. And um, that's what, nothing came of that, so that, that died down. Do you know mm. what I mean? That died down. And then they went to, uh, a bit later, probably pushing 17, 18, they decided to go to my mum to show her the gum tree thing mm. that they put on. Wow. And they decided to tell my mum that there's all the gay stuff all over my Facebook. I was in sixth form at the time. Exams were coming closer, right? Mm. These were A-levels, right? A really pivotal time in my life, yeah? 
okay? Didn't go to a great school, was a smart, hardworking kid, a really, really pivotal time. See, I only in therapy last year did I get to reflect on this. Then I didn't. Wow. During the time or just afterwards, I didn't realize what was going on and how bad it was and how much it affected me. I just fucking pushed it down mm. and the back of my head. So anyone listening here, don't push shit down. Yeah. <laughs> Deal with it when you can. So yeah, I was studying my, my A-levels and um, my mum came to me and she was like, I've heard this shit about you, basically. You know, is it is it true? She actually... See, I need to remember if it was this time. No, it was another time. You know, it was, it was this time. So I've, uh, I've heard stuff about you. Is it true? I need to know. And I was like, no, it's not true. Right? At that time, I, I wasn't ready to come out. So I'm entitled to lie. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For my safety. Mm-hmm. Because she was mad. Mm-hmm. And this is a woman I, you know, loved dealing and was very close to. But she was mad. And she was more mad not because of her view, because of um, everyone else. Mm. You know, the pressure from everyone else. And on my Facebook, there was no gay shit. Like, I mean, I was in sixth form. We were sneaking to the pubs and the bars in, in our home, <laughs> in our home play town. Yeah. Weatherspoons, you know. I didn't want her to see me drinking. <laughs> mm. That was the thing I was hiding. You know, in the group of friends that I had in sixth form, there were those straight guys. There were straight guys as well because, you know, the, the girls had boyfriends. And, like, there were pictures of us all as lads just, like, you know, putting your arms around each other and stuff. That, mm. that was it. So she said, okay, then, tomorrow I'm going to check your Facebook first thing in the morning. And oh in hindsight, I should have said to her, fuck off. Yeah. You have no right. But I, even though I was that age, I was still a scared child, you know? Mm. I was like, this is a family computer in the living room. I snuck down at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. in the morning, hoping no one would hear. Yeah. I made a separate Facebook profile and put pictures on. I put pictures that could be suspect. Right. You know, like me with my arm around uh, a guy, like, you know jolly and like looking at the camera a straight guy mm-hmm. to make sure someone's you know and i was like there's nothing here the next morning she came down she didn't whether she heard me in the night or not it's none of my business yeah you know she came down she saw it and she was like no, this is fine this is fine okay whatever i'm like that's traumatic what i went through first of all the next time i don't know what happened but she um took me i remember i was talking to some friends at the time um who i, who I don't speak to anymore because i decided to live the straight life um, I remember my factory was close to dying and um, I was like fuming, storming to my bedroom. Like, we need to go for a drive right now. I was like, shit, I'm on like 1-2% battery. What am I going to do? And I was like, I need to take my SIM card out of my BlackBerry. It's those days. SIM card out of my phone. or was it an iPhone, whatever. And in case she wants to look at it. But now looking back, I'm like, I could say no. What the fuck was I doing? Mm-hmm. I'd be like, fuck off. But you're, you're already so mentally and emotionally broken from years and years and years of shit. Well, yeah, of you course. Know? When you when you have an abusive parent, I'm sorry to label your parent as abusive, yeah. but um, when you are raised by an abusive individual, uh, you know a lot of it is to do with power and control. Mm-hmm. So you may not ha- must be able to muster up the strength to have that level of control in your life. However, you have to remind yourself that you're a child. Oh, you're yeah. living under somebody else's roof. Oh, yeah. So you know, that's to play. But that's not to say that if you as an adult were put in that situation again, you wouldn't be able to stand up for yourself. Oh, you honey, wouldn't be, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to. And isn't it interesting that once you are able to, these people disintegrate? Oh, yeah. Once you are able to, you're not bothered. <laughs> well, you're not bothered, but then when they know that they can no longer assert control and dominance over you, it's done for them. Oh, yeah, 100%. They almost lose interest. They want to chip away at it as well yeah, and they, everything. Yeah. But like, anyway, like we went... Yeah, we went for this drive and parked. This was dark. We parked in the middle of nowhere, right? 
this is psychotic now I think about it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And she, my mum was fuming. And it's like swearing, going crazy. Like, you know, if you are fucking gay, you need to get the fuck out of this car right now. And that's it. Me, as a, it's a child, what am I going to say? I'm not going to say, yeah, I am. Yeah. Let me go and live out here on the streets. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to say, no, I'm not. This, the, I, I don't know what you're you know, hearing from. I don't, I'm not gay. I'm not gay. I'm Wait, not gay. That's really interesting. So you were, would you, if you look at it one way, you were forced to stay in the closet. You were put in a position where you would not be able to come out. Mm-hmm. And that almost messes up with your own head. Oh, yeah. So, what? not too long after that, my mum my was pregnant. She, I was, she had me very young and then she had uh, my sister when I was 18. And during that period, like, it was sort of, sort of you know, I was older, I can, older, I was do what I want, but like, it died down because it was all focused with somewhere else, wasn't it? And then I came out to her. Mm-hmm. So I had um, started my teaching job. I was dating you at the time. Yeah, we were dating. It was in February. And you know what? It went really well. Yeah. It went really, really well. Went out to eat. It was lovely. And then it went, it was, oh, it was ebbed and flowed for years, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Went up and, you, you experienced it with me. It went up and down for years. Like, mm. to the, she didn't want to say, you know, it's not because of the gay thing. It was just people finding out and people <laughs> knowing. Yeah. And like, where's this going? And we got engaged and that was a hard part. And then this, and it's like, it's all like, be gay, but not too gay. Do you know what I mean? Don't be one of those gays. And then she was very supportive when we got married. She came to the day and it was lovely and gorgeous. And we don't speak anymore. And that's due to other reasons mm-hmm. um, to upbringing, which is really, really interesting that it's due to other reasons for upbringing. But in terms of the rest of the family, I cut out um, most of my family when I was 18. And this was after the whole. So when I cut them out is when um, my auntie, who was only like 11 months older than me or something, mm. um, when she was the one trying to out me, and we were like, BFF growing up and it was Eid day and we were at the house and she wasn't there and then I got summoned up by another auntie to that bedroom and she had, I, I always say this story because she looked sickening hair did her job was off red lipstick on and she was like you finally arrived and she was like yeah I'm gonna out you we know the truth and all that stuff and I was just going into a frenzy and um, I'm not gonna talk about the all the events that followed but the police ended up coming over it was really hor- horrific everything was mental and I decided not to go back after that day. And I was like, I'm cutting off most of you. Um, now, ter- this is... Sorry, carry oh, on. No, no, go on, go on. Now, this is interesting because I only asked you one question. Mm-hmm. I said, tell me about your coming out story. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting how it's intrinsically linked to trauma. Right. So let's talk about that a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, from, uh, but I'm going to speak from my perspective. yeah. Because coming out has such a huge spotlight shone on it. And for good reason. You know, it gets better campaign happened and everything else that happens. And we have prides all over the world. And it's phenomenal. And, you know, people go through these hardships and we realize that we're not unique um, in going through this. Other people have been through similar experiences. Mm -hmm. And they're at various stages of coming out and owning who they are and celebrating their freedom and, and celebrating their true selves. However we have an added layer of trauma. And I learned that through therapy. Mm. Last year, I spent the majority of last year in therapy and I had the headache of, oh my gosh, they kicked me out. Um, did I do the right thing? Did I? Was this the wrong thing to do? 
was I even really kicked out or did I leave? Would they have brought me back? Would they have welcomed me back? Um, would I want to go back? This whole storm was playing in my head. Mm. And I remember just being frustrated um, and just venting my frustration with my therapist saying, I don't know the answers. And then we started digging deeper. And it turned out that I had lived a very traumatic life. Mm. I was raised by abusive parents who abused their power on funda you know, in fundamental ways. And then when you go through therapy, you do realize how much trauma you have suppressed, like you said. Uh, and obviously, I'm not going to go into the details of a lot of it, but, you know, it was physical and uh, um, mental and psychological and verbal abuse, amongst others. And that is what completely uh, destroyed me almost. But I was like the phoenix who rose from those ashes, mm. you know? And so when it came to sexuality, I realized that the sexuality aspect wasn't even the main thing for me. Right. It wasn't the main thing. Right. My inner child was crying and going, crying and going, alert, 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 stay away. This is danger. But because we are raised with this Disney style idea of this is what, or Bollywood style idea of this is what family is and we hang out together. And that's very idealistic. And, you know, mommy sings songs to you or whatever. That's not the reality of somebody who's addicted to painkillers or somebody who's, you know, smoking secretly and has a food addiction. You know, th these were my parents and, you know, the brother who's addicted to weed and cocaine and the sister who's on the brink of psychosis and the younger brother, God knows, you know, yeah. God help him. You know, that that was what the reality was. And I realized that I do not need to, I, I am the one, regardless of whether I got kicked out or not, I'm the one who needs to make the decision to say, mm. I am not going back. And so there you go. You have to, you, you have, have to make to. the decision for you. And so if you find that you're having a tough time coming out with your parents, so it's uh, going through quite a traumatic cycle, chances are there's probably, there's a, that, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Chances are maybe you should make the decisions to pursue your freedom for reasons other than just wanting to suck dick. Right. You know? This and I, I didn't realize that before. Sorry, go ahead. This is why I always say, actually, being gay saved me. Wow. Being gay was, was, was without me realizing, was the savior. Because take the gay thing away, God, why would I want to be in that family and community? Yeah, you would have Being been, straight would have kept me there. Yeah, being straight would have kept me there. Because I would have been like, yeah, I can be a pretend Muslim or whatever. I can do X, Y, and Z, you know, I can whatever, I can appease them, and, you know, I get money off them, and I get uh, a life. But being gay saved me from from that because I I just don't know I couldn't I couldn't not live my truth and and this is the interesting thing you know for some people coming out is the worst and the hardest part that's not for us no. and for a lot of South Asian people it's not and for a lot of people it's not there's so much trauma in these communities and it's really interesting when people are like yeah I really want to understand I understand I'm like no you don't need to and you're never gonna and that's okay and you know some people who kind of dip their toe into the secular gay world, still have one other foot firmly planted in these um, parallel communities. And what I tend to find is they, you know, trauma is, is, the, is mental health. It's that, mm. it's that wound that needs to be um, scooped out, cleaned out before it can heal. And a lot of people I tend to find get stuck 
uh, in the cycle of just cleaning it out. Now, I'm talking about the things that have happened to me, and I know that there's going to be listeners who will message saying, oh, my gosh, that's terrible. But it doesn't affect me in the way that it used to anymore because I... And, and you know, um, it might open up again at some point or there might be more to uncover. You dip into therapy you again. Dip, you dip back into therapy. But, you know, I, in that moment, uh, at that point, what I tend to find is people go through the, well, my parents did this to me and this happened to me and this person was horrible. And they sound like a broken record and they go to every Tom, Dick and Harry who is willing to listen to their mm. story and they just keep on repeating that. And then in this, in essence, that becomes their personality, that becomes their personality trait. Whereas me, I'm like, well, so so what? Like, what of it? What? Where are we going from here? What is it? What is, you know, and for me, one of my goals in therapy was to um li live a future where the mm. shadow of my past cannot be cast on it and i think i've achieved that and i didn't realize i'd achieve it in sunny manchester but here we are <laughs> um and you know you have to you have to be willing or, or at least wanting to move past it you have to recognize for what these things are otherwise what is there and it's yeah, and it's tough, and it's tough, isn't it? Because in a place you can have somebody who can love you and hate you at the same time. Oh, honey, I know. In you know, and that can be a, quite a mind fuck for a child, and you have to kind of do the maths yourself and go, okay, yeah, this isn't that bad. Nobody's perfect. All families are all right. Or you go, yeah, this is not the tea. And it's, it's, I'm gonna check out. Yeah, you kicked me out. Great, but I'm the one who's maintain. I'm I'm the one who's extending that contract indefinitely. Mm. It's, it's it's really interesting when you when you um say that about the the, the trauma. Like, um, you know, you can't. I I'm I'm not letting it, and you can't let it define who you are, and you can't let it fuck up your life. You no. know, it's easier said than done. But like, think about it. You can be sat here at thirty. 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, dead. Yeah. And you're going to be not living your truth. And the people and who... And you're not wait, let me, um, and, you, and you're going to be um, steeped in the trauma and hurt and anger and pain and that's going to be spewing in all different directions all the time and it's going to come out in the worst... I've been there. Like, that's the thing. I'm able to look at my former self, mm -hmm. you know, and at certain points I'm like, oh, I got really angry at this, but for what, when really I should have been angry at this and looked inside myself, I'm able to now look back and be like, whoa. So I'm able now to look at other people and I'm like, oh, please don't go down this line. Just please don't. And, you know, it's about, for me, it's about living in the present and not referring to the past. As an, I can talk about the past, you know, objectively, and I can talk about the past, but I can talk about it now and not let it impact or affect me. And I won't finish this podcast crying. I'm, I'm going to finish it smiling every time because guess what? I got away. You got away and you and got better. And everyone has it. And what, what people like, yeah, well, do you know what? And the people like to say, well, you're one of the lucky ones. No. Um, I come from the same place as you bitches do. Mm. Trust and believe, if not worse, right? Mm. I mean, like, I should be dead right now. You should be dead right now. We shouldn't be living. We've really fucking broke through that. So anyone wants to ever say, you know, well, no. It's be oh you've got each other now without each other we did it <laughs> yeah honey we did. We did. oh yeah we did it independently you, you, you know for me what's really interesting is you know all this post trauma blah 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 it's just how weird it is for me to interact with the secular world like yeah. on on a yeah. on a level I've always done it or at least I was pretending to do it but I always used to find that I'm kind of dipping in one world and coming out of the other and that has been a bit of an education for me to be like. 
oh, wow, like there's so much to unlearn and, you know, you can touch white people and it's <laughs> fine. You're not going to get any diseases. And I know people, I can say it in a jo jokey way, but the reality is that, you know, I, I was siphoned off and living a crazy different world. And so now I'm fully immersed in the secular world. And I have for, I have been for some time and on a, on a level I've always been, but I think now truly coming into my own i'm like oh my gosh like there's so much to learn mm. what are these apples and stairs everyone keeps talking about <laughs> and i still have blind spots don't i i, I can know. only go so far and then i'm like who's abba like <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i mean so um but no listen i think this is all the time that we've got for i today. know we could, never got through everything but never that's absolutely fine who knows maybe we'll have about three well, maybe. At some point. In the future. In the future. But for those listening, you know, if you are in a struggling situation, you know what? Keep your head down. Get in a position where you can move out and move away and just fucking do it. Uh, you know what? Bef maybe. See, this is interesting about doing this because every year my advice would change um, depending on who I am. Before, like, People are just waiting like, which year shall I start? Yeah, no, but it'd be, it'd be every year because I'm like, stop wasting time. Don't wait. Don't wait. Go and fucking Live. Do you know when Billy Porter in Pose, the, the character that he plays? Yeah. Live. I That's feel that. Yeah. Every time he says that, I feel it. I mean, like, live with every fibre of your being. I think that's one of the reasons why pride is just so flamboyant and over the top. Because oh, it personifies our desire to... Live. Live. To live and be free. Mm -hmm. And, like... And it's being free from all that trauma as well. It's not just being physically away. Category is live, sponsored by Warburton. Yes, <laughs> and on that note, it's a goodbye. We love you. Yes, stay safe, stay blessed, stay happy. If you can come out, um, uh, it may be easy for you. It might not be easy for you, but I guarantee you freedom is always worth it. Mm -hmm. And that is not just physical freedom, it's freedom Mental. of the mind. So we love you, but, but you, you don't, don't love me. Goodbye. Bye. Frozen Grips. Sponsored by Warburton. Frozen Grips. Thank you for listening to the You Don't Love Me podcast with Amir and Amir. For all the latest happenings, you can follow us on Instagram at You Don't Love Me Boys. That is at You Don't Love Me Boys. <laughs>